0: Hey guys, before we get started with this brand new episode, I want to tell you about Maintain IQ. So this is a digital checklist. Okay, that's, it does so much more than that. But for what I'm talking about today, this is a digital checklist. We've got it going at both of our restaurants. And let me tell you this, our bar manager, Nolan, comes up to me and he says, he's the one who's owning Maintain IQ. He's he's owning all of the, the checklists. He's like... Man, this is amazing. He goes, This is so fun. not only the process of getting all of these lists, which he's typing in individually himself, he's actually going in the app, creating rules, doing the whole thing. He said, The process itself, I've learned so many details of things that we could be doing here. We could be getting better. And I just love doing this. This is so much fun. He goes, But the actuality that I can hold people accountable to completing these checklists, and I get a dashboard back, means I don't have to micromanage everybody every day. They just have checklists. They just do them. And he's just so excited. So it's working at both of the restaurants. They love it. Managers love it because shit gets done. It just does. It's amazing. Uh, So what Will's doing here, Will Jackson, who is the CEO and founder, he's offering you guys a deal right now. He's saying if you call him at 714-457-4481, that's his cell phone number. If you call him, he will get you set up. He will do a demo, and then all you have to do is email him all of your checklists, and they will upload them for you. There's no contract to sign here, guys. This is month to month. It is $49.99 a month. It's almost nothing when you look at the productivity you're going to get out of this. Plus he's going to upload. That is the free offer he's offering to you right now. So if you email him, will W I L L at maintain IQ.com and tell him anybody from Nashville, if you call anybody from Nashville, cause he's not in, this is, you guys are brand new. So if you call and say, Hey, I heard you on Nashville restaurant radio. How do I get this thing set up? He'll do a demo. He'll show you exactly what it is. And then you just send him all your checklists. You download the app and you go. I don't know. It's pretty amazing. So that's my call to action today. We're doing a three-minute intro talking about Maintain IQ. You guys need to call him. If you didn't get that number, here it is again. It's 714-457-4481. 714-457-4481. This guy is is amazing. You'll love it. Maintain IQ. Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, the tastiest hour of talk in Music City. Now here's your host, Brandon Still. Hello! Music City, and welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, powered by Gordon Food Service. My name is Brandon Still, and I am your host. I don't think I've been this excited for an episode in a little while. Uh, we are talking to a man today. His name is Jeff Hopmare. <clears throat> and Jeff is the CEO, founder, he calls himself the managing partner for the Brindiamo Group. He is a bourbon broker, so I wasn't really sure what that was, but I've known him for 20 years. He used to... Oh, he tell a story here, but he's been through a lot of different things, Uh, and I found out today he went bankrupt. I didn't know that, that that was a thing uh, when he bought a winery in California, and uh, it was a big winery that he bought, and now he's buying bourbon. This is such an interesting episode. If you... Love bourbon, you are going to absolutely love this episode, and I'm so excited to bring it to you. Uh, I also want to wish you guys happy, we just had the first weekend of summer, are you guys feeling it yet? I feel like summer is kicking my ass, I am tired all the time, it is hot as hell, and I don't know, I'm just not, I'm like, I like. it's tough, even hikes are hot, it's just hot, uh, I think I need a pool, I need a vacation. For sure, I do. You know, this past weekend was, uh, on Saturday, it was Anthony Bourdain's birthday. I still have an episode that I recorded uh, where we did Brandon's Book Club. And in Brandon's Book Club, we read Kitchen Confidential, and we did like an hour-long conversation with it. I have that. And I may put that out sometime, just as a fun conversation. I also watched Roadrunner the other day, randomly, as I was out for two days uh, under the, the weather. My buddy, Corey Coleman, we all know Corey Coleman. We love Corey Coleman. Want to give a big shout out to Corey Coleman. They opened up Fortuna. Lucky Hostel and Him and Tabor. Lucky opened Fortuna out in the Bellevue area right close to my house. And uh, it was fantastic. Great job over there. Those guys are amazing. But Corey posted a post, kind of talked about Anthony Bourdain, and said, hey, oh, happy birthday. And he left a quote at the end of it. And I wanted to share that quote because I just thought it was so freaking cool. Cooking professionally is a dominant act at all times about control. Eating well, on the other hand, is about submission. It's about giving up all vestiges of control, about entrusting your fate entirely to someone else. It's about turning off the mean, manipulative, calculating, and shrewd person inside you and slipping heedlessly into the new experience as if it was a warm bath. It's about shutting down the radar and letting good things happen. Let it happen to you. I don't think I've ever heard a quote that just absolutely encapsulates what going out to an amazing meal and having somebody pick the food or doing a tasting menu and just sitting down and learning and eating and just experiencing it. And I think Anthony Bourdain was one of the best at doing that. And uh, we all miss him. And, oh, man, wonder what he'd be doing today. I wonder what Anthony Bourdain would be doing today if he was alive. I don't know. Um, We're going to, you can think on that. I don't know. I've got so many fun things coming up. We have got, follow me, follow on the Instagram, both Nashville Restaurant Radio and Brandon underscore NRR because I'm about to start putting a bunch of polls and we're going to need your input. On some things that we've got going on leading up into September, the month of the end of July and August is going to be a fun month. We are creating a bracket. We're going to find out the best in a category, and I'm excited to do this with net checks. And it's going to be a good, good time. So go follow us, and you can be part of all of this, and then uh, you can help share all this stuff. We can get the word out. We can we can finally crown a restaurant. We're going to keep doing this. We have some good ideas. So, uh, if you guys are, uh, if you're out there, you're going to enjoy this episode. Listen in. Jeff Hopmayer starts now. All right, we're super excited today to welcome in Jeff Hopmayer, who is the CEO, president, managing partner. I think it says managing partner is your official title for the Brendiamo Group. Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, Jeff.
1: Well, thank you. Glad to be here.
0: Jeff and I, our relationship goes back and it was 2002, 2001, 2002 that I met you and I was, I think I was waiting tables at the Amerigo in Brentwood when you first started coming in and I knew you because you were the guy that was, I think it was the most, right? Yes, you did tip (laughs) very well, but you did. Blavod. Was it Blavod? Blavod Black Vodka. Blavod Black Vodka and Players Extreme. Is that, that right? That is right. And yes. we
1: had all those Italian wines we were importing.
0: You are personally responsible for turning me on to Super Tuscans and Italian wine in general. I liked Italian wine, but I didn't love Italian wine until I drank some of the wines that you brought in. And when you would come into the restaurant, you were importing wines from Italy that you couldn't that nobody else could get. No, nobody
1: could get them. Bruner Roca. Oh, that um, Bruner Roca. Holy right. shit. I, I mean really really I mean, phenomenal wines. The, the what was it? The uh uh, uh there was stuff from San Gimignano. Uh I mean crazy crazy the, stuff. Uh, some of
0: the most amazing wine.
1: Cantati I, Castaldi.
0: So Cantati Castaldi Petra, was a champagne. Correct. Right, well, Still we, is. Still st- is big. Big sparkling wine house. Sparkling wine. Um, yep. But I got married in two thousand and five, and you donated like ten cases, and you gave me a bottle of Corbel from two thousand that was twelve bottles in one. It was that's a whole a big case. bottle. It was a, I I couldn't like lift it. I mean, it was so big. It was huge. Well, that's good. And you did that for me for my wedding. And I don't know if I've, I think I thanked you, but I don't know how to like formally tell you like how impressive that was. It's always Just good to do, do, do good like things that.
1: for good people. So well, we're happy. Funny.
0: I watched an interview with you, that you did on some podcast in like 2018 or something. And they're asking you like what you did. They were like, what do you do the Brindyama? You're like, I'm... I'm, I'm in relationship business. I work on, I, I, I have relationships with people and I help people out. And it was funny because I thought back on that and I was like, man, the day I met Jeff, he's been nothing but just give. He's amazing. He's such like the, the, his, the, I don't know how to put it. Like you've just constantly been planting seeds. You've just been always this amazing guy. Even, even Thank you. I'm going to go even farther. You gave me a case, all these cases of champagne. So for my wedding, people got to walk in and drink this. I don't know what that stuff costs a bottle, but it's like 50 bucks a bottle, $75 a bottle. It was expensive shit that I got to drink for my champagne. I was like, look at this. I kept like six bottles, you know, for it's good. my, we drank one every year for like six years on our anniversary. It was amazing. It's awesome. Um, and then my wife and I went to California and you, you helped me have one of the most amazing moments and you don't, you probably didn't even realize this. But, you know, I was big into wine, big into wine. I did my sommelier in 2003, and I came back, and my wife and I went to a wedding in California, and we drove from L.A. to um, Cardinal Monterey. Or, oh, Monterey, okay. We drove to Monterey. We had a buddy. And I was in the produce business then. Right. And uh, I had a buddy who had a place in Monterey. He said, come stay. That was probably 2007-ish, but you had bought a winery EOS, uh, EOS, yeah, EOS, EOS winery, and that was in Paso Robles. And we drove through, and I saw—we literally saw the sign for EOS, EOS—and I was like, I think that's Jeff's wine. And we stopped in the tasting room, and I was like, Is Jeff Hopmayer here? And they were like, Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> and I think got a hold of you, but like you walked in the tasting room, and you were like, Dude, what's up? And I'm, and it was this really surreal moment. You're like, Come check. T- Come check out my winery. And it's this huge winery, and you're just taking us through. I'll never forget. You're like, and I don't know where this door goes, but, hey, hey, can you come open this door? <laughs> we're just walking in rooms, and we were like a kid in a candy shop. Like, I bought a winery, dude. And we're walking around this winery with you, and I've never felt more like, I think I know somebody who's, like, really special, like this dude. <laughs> but it's, again, it's you. Constantly giving and being this guide to me that was motivational, and you've always been so kind and so generous, and so thank you. And then I see you the other day on LinkedIn, and you're starting a, a series of different videos that you're putting out just to educate people. And I went, dude, I got Jeff's got to come on the show. <laughs> We've done 240 episodes. We wow. talked to everybody. You well, have not a, clearly
1: not everybody. Not you everybody.
0: Yeah, no kidding, right?
1: So, oh yeah, it looked the uh, winery. You know, was a great learning experience. Uh, did did absolutely collapse me and and pushed me into a personal bankruptcy that I came out of. Did uh, it? Oh yeah, it was. Uh, you know, we it was a heck of a, a of a climb out, but you know, uh, came climbing out and. What did What did you learn from that experience? Never sign a personal guarantee. Okay. So I I, I think first thing is don't sign a personal guarantee. Second thing is you just always got to tell the truth, be transparent all the time and tell the truth. And you know uh, the rest doesn't matter. Let the chips fall where they may.
0: Was there things that people told you that were not the truth? I think it was, or did you not tell the truth? I
1: think it was both, right? Um, Everybody tells you what you want to hear back and forth. Um, And I was, you know, much younger and much more cocky. And uh, that was at a time that uh, I think I had just come off being a public company CEO in London. And uh, uh, I probably deserved it. And uh, uh, But the reality is um, have come out the other side and learned from it and, uh, you know, just continue to help guide people and i embrace it the bankruptcy is part of my life anybody can google it right so it's 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 part of me but the reality is uh you know how'd built- you get back in
0: after you went bankrupt and i mean i know you originally were or were you a chef um am i going back to like starbucks a bakery days? yeah so is we, that what you we, did How we did you-
1: created all the baked goods for starbucks uh when they had Fourteen stores in the world. And we rode that till, I don't know, like 500 stores in the United States and some in Asia and Europe and, uh, sold that after 10 or 11 years and then got headhunted to do a turnaround on Aladdin industries down here, came here and did that. So, um, you know, bounced around a couple of fun times and, uh, uh, but, you know, enjoyed wine. So I said, ah, just buy a winery, right?
0: What was was the biggest takeaway? Like from, like what was the hardest, the biggest challenge from running a winery? What did you not know?
1: Oh, I didn't know a lot. Well, I would say that now. Back then I knew everything, but now (laughs) now I didn't know a lot. Um, You know, there's a whole bunch of things I think that you learn. One is, Hire really good people around you and let them do their job, right? Don't, you know, just because you're the president or CEO, you don't have to do everything. You don't have to be part of every decision. You let them do it. Um, you know, I, I I think that's really, really important. Um, I didn't really understand financially the commitment that, you had to produce grapes today that you weren't gonna put in a bottle for three years, four years, right? And who knew what consumer trends are gonna change by then? Right. So you it's could a huge put gamble. Down, yeah, you could put down a whole bunch of cab this year, thinking that's what people are gonna want years from now, but they don't.
0: Or Merlot, and then the movie Sideways comes out, and you're like,
1: Moscato, you know, I mean, there was just all kinds of things. And, you know, so you don't do that. You also, I learned, really, you have to make margin on everything you sell. You know, you can't go out there and compete at $12.99 and expect to survive. Because you can't support all the things you need to do to build a brand and make it in today's environment or in back then. Yeah. You know, and and sales guys just push on you, you know, they want to sell anything for free. And and they want you to pay them a <laughs> pay them a uh you know, a, a commission on them selling it for free, right? They gave it away and they want you to pay a commission.
0: Sales guys want to sell anything for free. That's my my favorite line I've heard so far.
1: <laughs> well good. Well, I mean, that's what they do.
0: That's what they do. So,
1: uh it just you know, doesn't work like that. So lots of, lots, lots of great learnings, uh, a lot, all of it implemented in my current life. And so it's all good.
0: I love that. And then you are now Brindiamo group. When did you pivot? It was wine. It was vodka. Now it's bourbon. No, you know, is it, is it bourbon now? It,
1: it's pretty much bourbon. Brindiamo actually means to, to toast in Italian, so I kind of kept the Italian kind of thing in it. Pulled in Brindiamo, and after coming out of the bankruptcy and trying to figure out what to do, I still really enjoyed spirits and wine, and um, I really tried not to burn many bridges throughout my life, uh, with the exception of the you know the bank, right? <laughs> the, um, and got introduced to, you know, people around town that we just know, you know, that I know here. Uh, Mike Williams, who had Collier and McKeel whiskey, if you remember that, right? So, and Mike and I became friends and uh, he really wanted to, he needed a solution because he had a real full-time job and needed to sell and couldn't fund it and do all the things that needed to be done. And so I helped him find a buyer for that company. And that kind of kicked off myself doing uh, M & A transactions for people. Um,
0: but With the mergers and acquisitions mergers and acquisitions, yeah. yeah.
1: but it morphed because the person who bought it said, "Hey, could you help me find some whiskey?" Right? And so I said, "Oh, sure, because I'm not going to say no." <laughs> and started down this path of f- sourcing bulk spirits. Um, and that's now 99.5% of what we do. Um, and you know, I don't think there's any larger bulk spirit supplier in the world today. So wow. it's, it, we move tankers, rail cars, barrels, totes, trucks, you name it, full of whiskey and bourbon and you know, today I was on the phone with a cognac guy in, in France who wants to supply us bulk cognac. And we have Irish whiskey. We have scotch, you know, all, all different ages. Um, we do crazy stuff. We had one bottle of 20-plus-year-old Irish whiskey that sold for a million dollars at an auction in Texas, a charity auction. And it had our whiskey in it. Uh, wow. You know,
0: to— One bottle for a million dollars?
1: Yeah, it was a really nice box, but it's still it was a million dollars. <laughs> it's fifteen thousand dollars of packaging. Um, wow. so it was crazy packaging. Um <laughs> packaging. But to to many of the bourbon and whiskey brands that are out there that you you don't drink, but other people drink regularly. I've drink
0: my weight in bourbon a hundred times.
1: Okay. So I mean, some of these brands, you know, eighty percent of what goes in it comes through us. So it, it's just people don't really understand. They think that because you have a label on it, like that American Highway that's behind you that I brought, right? That American Highway is a project with Brad Paisley that we do. Uh, Brad and I are partners in it. and We started it up, and that is actually a blend of Kentucky barrels and barrels from Georgia, and, really? it's, and we put it on his on uh, tour trucks and it's traveled on the road and aged with him on tour
0: oh stop so, it
1: yeah so uh, it's really really cool stuff and um,
0: so you put barrels on his tour bus
1: no on an actual 18 wheeler truck that says the rolling Rick house and it travels with him as he's going to tours just like having all his tour equipment in yeah. it and we put 90 barrels on the truck and it travels around the country with him.
0: And then it gets exposed to the different heats, the different elevations, the different...
1: Correct. All of it. It it, it always moves. And the barrels are older barrels. They're aged so that there's headroom in the barrel. So you actually get more wood coating on the barrel because it's moving versus sitting in a rickhouse. So you end up getting tremendous flavor.
0: Who was Um, it? There was a company that did... um jefferson's oceans does it jefferson but there was no it was like kelt or something or somebody did like a cognac i think or i don't know what but they've jefferson it was another company that did yeah. that they put it on a, on a boat and sailed around the world
1: there's there's other people that i think that's unique do things brad's so into this and so into bourbon and has been you know throughout covid um he and I'll get on Zoom calls tasting samples. I mean, he is, this is not like a celebrity brand that
0: are uh, using his naming rights. They're paying him a, a royalty to use his name no, no, no. to Brad, sell not know.
1: Brad has invested cash and time and effort. And, um, you know, we're making it up at the Bardstown bourbon company in Bardstown, Kentucky. Yeah. And, you know, I think we're in 15 or 20 States now. Wow. Um, so it's it's pretty fun. So Can, and I, buy actually this, can if you, I buy this in Nashville? You can.
0: Where and do I buy it? Who's my distributor?
1: Uh,
0: best Brands? I, 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 they have the Best Bourbon is catalog. Is it
1: Best Brands or r and Is R&DC here? I, I don't even know who the distributor is. I just go and I see it in stores. Um, but that's Route 2. We did Route 1 already. Sold out of it. So uh, Route 2 is the second one. Route 2 is the, the second one. Um, but if you see Brad on tour right now, You know, during some of the videos, he's got giant bottles on the side screens. It's pretty cool. Well, I need to pick
0: this up at both of my restaurants because it's a really good story.
1: It's really good bourbon, right? Yeah. And and the thing is, it's local. This Brad lives down the road, right? This is yeah, yeah. This is this is him, and um, he created something really amazing. Um so it's it it is out there and there's more fun stuff coming. You know, Route Three will come out when we sell out Route Two. And and basically what you're doing is you're using bulk bourbon that you blend together to create a unique experience. Wow.
0: So my perception of what you do before that was you buy barrels of bourbon from producers that create their own there's a blend we get into the basics of bourbon here for people that don't know. But there's a mash bill, right? right. There you There's Recipe, different recipes right. for how you create white dog, which you're going to dist- distill, and you create white dog, and then it goes into a barrel. Are you buying barrels from people in Kentucky, Indiana, all over, and then aging them? And then let's just say I'm a small producer, and I've been around for five years. So I've now this, – this is kind of what you were just talking about with the wine – for a bourbon company, let's take Pennington's, who's right uh-huh. here in town. They wanted to do the Davidson Reserve, but they have to age it. So during that aging process, they created a vodka that they're selling. So their picker's vodka was something that they could make money while that bourbon aged. But if they wanted to do a 15-year bourbon, they wouldn't be able to do that because they don't have 15 years of time that that juice could be in a barrel. You do. You have 15-year-old barrels. Would you sell them? Barrels so that they could create a, a small batch of something.
1: Okay, so you asked lots of questions as you rambled in there. So let me, Yes, let there's me a ch- lot there. There was a lot there, so let me help you. So mash bills. Mash bills equal a formula. There are basically five recipes. There's a whole bunch more than that, but there are five, call it straight down the middle of the fairway. Okay. And they're all based like mother on- Mother sauces. Right. They're all based on rye content. rye, 36% rye, 95% rye, 100% rye, and then there's weeded, like a 21%, 23% weeded. That's kind of what everybody can use. Sure, can I get 10? Can I get 53? But that's the, the lion's share of it. And so we, most of the time, we'll even contract with distilleries to make our those formulas for us which is white dog or platinum whiskey so moonshine is basically unaged bourbon yeah drop it in a barrel charred new oak barrel charred
0: new american oak barrel
1: and let it age
0: 3 years to be bourbon
1: um it depends it's already it's bourbon when it goes in the barrel it's just you, you need an age statement on the label if it's under 4 years okay so that's really the, the 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 tipping point and the difference between bourbon and risk whiskey from fifty thousand feet, bourbon goes in a new barrel, whiskey goes in a used barrel. So okay. yeah, Tennessee has Lincoln the County process, on, right? you gotta yeah, do but, the charcoal but, filtration. But the high level, that's the way it works. And then so we're we make about hundred thousand barrels a year under contract.
0: Um, you guys make barrels. We
1: make filled barrels, right? So we're contracted with our distillery partners, and we're sucking in a million, a um, hundred thousand barrels a year. Okay, that we're putting in rickhouses, which is our warehouses in Kentucky, and just letting it sit there and age.
0: Okay, I it, use different rickhouses, or do you have partners that you do? do you we're have all some here? all over Kentucky, even okay.
1: even here in Tennessee, we have them. Um, we don't own them, but you, but you own like, the barrels that are inside of them. Correct. It's you like rent renting the space, space.
0: Yeah. like a storage space. Correct. We're just putting barrels in there,
1: and it just sits there. Could be for <clears throat> twenty years. It could be for six months. Could be for two months. Really, just depends. Um, and rick houses down at the bottom of the floor. It's colder, higher. You know, hotter up top. Mm-hmm. So you get higher proof liquid up top. Less. Proof liquid down at the bottom. The bottom takes longer to age than the top does. So there's all these nuances. Do they mix
0: and match them? Do they take them from the top and rotate not them? Not
1: really. There's only a couple brands that rotate, but we don't. We don't because it's just not, it's, you know, you've got what, 40, 45,000 barrels in a rick house? Oh, God. And they're all yeah.
0: stacked right
1: next to them They're mean, heavy as hell, too. I mean, it's not like you can just. About 600 pounds. Yeah. It's yeah. not like they move really easy. No. Um, so, you know, we'll have product aging at lots of different distilleries that are our partners, and we're also, <coughs> excuse me, acquiring barrels like, uh, this week I bought some 21% six-year-old MGP, which is Indiana, and stuck it in our warehouse, but then I sold it the next day. So, it, it's really commodity trading.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you're like working the stock market, like you're buying something and turning around and selling it.
1: Lots of people compare it to the old bond trading days when you had a phone in one ear and a phone in the other ear and you were just making the trade. And that's a lot of what we do. Um, but we also we help anybody for free. Anybody can call us up and ask us advice. Anybody can talk to us about opening distilleries. Anybody can... Ask us, or we help them find funding. All all these things we just do because it helps the industry. Um, And and let me tell you, it it happens all the time. Oh, I can imagine. So, and it's just doing good karma and passing on good things, right? Because you may not need the whiskey today, maybe you never need it, but if I've helped you, like I helped you, you know, at the wedding, which you know, it's all good
0: right which was 17 years this year is our anniversary <laughs> how cool. long ago pretty it cool is. i remember that right. so that's vividly impactful. your generosity i that, mean
1: that's that's impactful and those are the life lessons that i hope you know get passed on to my kids and the people who are working with us and things like that it's just just do the right thing and 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 so that's what Brindiamo does and uh you know we have scotch i think we've got the oldest irish whiskey on the planet today in barrels uh how, how old is it 21 years old
0: you have 21 year old irish whiskey in barrels right now what in, are you gonna, in ireland
1: i think we've got
0: he's gonna finish that statement right after these words from our sponsors GoTab is an amazing amazing invention you know Technology is really amazing for restaurants because gosh you think about Toast and Toast was started around 2005, 2007 they do the handhelds and you had to buy, you know there's all this equipment you have to buy but it's it's great technology but that was 15 years ago and today there are so many amazing software companies out there they're 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 endless but the one we're talking about today is GoTab and let me tell you if you're having problems getting servers to come to work or if you are fast casual and you just need something that's going to be quick, people can use their cell phones to place orders. You can do a QR code at the table and people can place their orders. It'll help you route it. It's it's really amazing what GoTab can do. If you have existing equipment but your POS system isn't doing what you need it to do, you can use GoTab's technology on what you already have. You can create a POS system, or you can just take orders. You can take orders from your restaurant. You could do your to-go and delivery. It will help you route your delivery orders so that you're not going too far away if you're doing your own delivery. It also can help you identify when guests come into the restaurant. It's like Amazon. So when a guest comes in and they hit that QR code, it says, Welcome back, Dr. Johnson. Do you want another martini? Like, they're, they're, it's amazing what you can do when you have that data. And there's just so, so much more. I invite you, please, go to NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com. Click the Sponsors tab, and there you're going to find the Go tab section. Click that Go tab section, and there's a special link. The link is GoTab.io forward slash E-N forward slash N-R-R. And that is our special landing page where if you go there, you will get $500 in free uh, hardware. If you need hardware, if you need a new iPad or you need something, this is a deal you can do. It's for restaurant, Nashville Restaurant Radio listeners only. And this is technology that is going to be here and you're going to go, I heard about that on Nashville Restaurant Radio. And you're going to want to call me and you're going to want to thank me for bringing you this technology because it's the best. It's the best out there and it's the most inexpensive. Anybody out there can do this. Anybody out there, this plugs into your existing POS system, or it can be its own POS system. It's very versatile. You've got to learn more. Schedule a demo right now. Go to go tab g-o-t-a-b dot I-O. Do a little forward slash E-N forward slash in RR, like Nashville restaurant radio. And for there, you will get $500 in free hardware if you need hardware. Chances are you don't need hardware. But hey, it's there for you if you want it. This is technology that is, um, I don't know, I love I love bringing this to you. So this is for you. Go out there. Check out GoTab right now. Let's jump back in with Jeff hotmayer oh. You have 21-year-old Irish whiskey in barrels right now. In, are you gonna- in
1: Ireland, I think we've got... 600 barrels something like that wow
0: so and we've what is got that, what is like 600 barrels of 21 year old irish whiskey first of all at a 600 pound barrel when you put the the, the hooch in there how much do those weigh now so and if you wait another 10 years what are they gonna weigh so it's
1: different in ireland because it's colder and they have humidity right here i mean they it's it, it's no just humidity it's they or there no, is humidity? It, there's more humidity there so you don't get the same kind of loss okay right here in in arguably in tennessee and kentucky the first year you lose 10 percent angel share and every year after that four or five percent of the liquid that remains so that's that's the at math. some I,
0: point that turns into nothing
1: correct but Irish whiskey doesn't go into new barrels it goes into used barrels so you don't get the same absorption okay uh sucking into the barrels so the Which washer, they call the devil's cut they do so it's you 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 don't necessarily get that um, so there's a lot more liquid in it but you know I, I just bought a 42 year old barrel of scotch and we'll get 140 bottles out of it Something like that. How old is it? Forty-two years. Forty-two years.
0: What does a forty-two-year-old <laughs> bottle of scotch, a barrel of scotch, cost? Uh,
1: about sixty-six thousand oh, dollars.
0: I was thinking it'd be a lot more than that.
1: No. Well, remember, this is what I do for a living. Okay. So, <laughs> right. Uh, it's the retail,
0: on that's a lot more. Uh.
1: If I was selling that in a retail, we'd probably get half a million dollars of bottles out of it.
0: So when you buy something like that, what is your thought behind it? I'll find a buyer or this is something cool, I'll So this this was
1: just a project for my wife and I. Um, we have a twelve year old bourbon under a called Hopmare, right? And hot will make sense. It makes sense, right? And we just Give it out to charities. We don't. It can't. You can't buy it on the shelves. You can't f- find it. You either have to come into the house, or we we use it to help fund charitable causes. And then, so this Irish whiskey, we're doing the same thing uh, because we ran out. We don't have any more twelve-year-old, right? So now we're doing the Irish whiskey. Will be the next one we'll release. Um, it should be. I gotta go over there. They should be. I've got the pictures of the bottle. It's crazy, and uh, hopefully we'll have it early next year. And is know, it
0: twenty-one can, year.
1: No, it's oh the 40, forty-three. I thought you so, said it was Scotch. It it it, it it's Scotch. It's so the, different. The twenty-one year old is the Irish whiskey. The Scotch is forty-two years
0: mm-hmm. old. You're going to take the forty-two year old yep. Scotch, and that's who you make the bottles out of. Correct. It'll okay. be
1: forty-three when it's here.
0: Wow, that's how old I am.
1: Oh well there you go. I was so forty
0: three years old. So that was yeah. put in there in what, nineteen eighty? Yeah, a long time ago. I was born in seventy nine, but like
1: so, that's crazy. So and we'll use that for charity causes, right? And and I mean it's we've been in auctions in Philadelphia, Montana. I mean, just you know, people that reach out and we just say, Hey, we'll participate. We can't give you a barrel, it's illegal, right? You know. But Is it? I, I don't know. I mean sure it is. But I can, because think about it, um, you don't have a license to take delivery of raw liquid. But you can go to the liquor store and buy a bottle. You can't go to the liquor store and buy a barrel of bourbon. You can go to the liquor store and buy, you can get them to pre-select a barrel for you and it'll come with Jack Daniels, especially selected by. Yeah. But that's just a sticker they place on the bottle. Yeah. That's an additional sticker. So that you can do, but you can't physically take delivery of a barrel of liquid.
0: So let's just say, hypothetically, I've got a restaurant that I want to, I don't, I want to have my own special bourbon that I'm going to do old fashions with, or if I'm going to do whatever it is and I'm willing to spend some, some cash, could I buy a barrel from you and how do you get it bottled in your own name? Do you have to register with somebody? How does that work?
1: So can you buy a, a barrel? Um, you can't take delivery of the barrel. It has to go through a licensed distributor. Okay. So, so, could- so, so you could go uh, to Lippman Brothers and say, hey, I want to create my own whiskey. Doesn't matter what it costs. Uh, help me create the label, find the supply to fill into it. Well, Lippman will call a distillery. The distillery may call me if they don't have the supply because they need the barrels, and the barrels come for me. Got it.
0: That's so fascinating. You, know, you think you know a lot. You get these reps that come in, and they sell you bourbon, and, oh, this one's got a great story. But, like, to think that there's a guy behind most of that who's brokering deals to get them that juice, and it's you.
1: I don't know. Did you see the newest uh, video, that the... the Part two. I know you saw the first one, right?
0: No. What did part two do?
1: Oh, you'll you'll watch that one. I think it dropped yesterday. Um,
0: is it on Instagram?
1: It's on. Uh, I think we just dropped it on LinkedIn. I think tomorrow it hits Facebook and then Twitter. Oh
0: yeah, I'm on LinkedIn right here. I'm gonna see if I can find it. Today is our first video. I got the first video.
1: Okay, so the video two dropped uh, on
0: LinkedIn. Interesting part two. Yes. How long are they? Are they short? I don't even know what that one is. Um, Should I play it right now? It's 19 seconds.
1: No, that 19 seconds is me talking about it. You push on the link that's on it. Uh, and it takes you to YouTube. There it is. So I don't know what that how long that one is. but uh, I Okay, remember. so if
0: you go to YouTube, part two, meet Brindiamo Group's Jeff Hopmayer, the business of bourbon. There's a whole thing here.
1: It is. It's,
0: and, it's 12 minutes and 49 seconds.
1: Okay, well, there you go. So, so I will watch that. No, I haven't so, seen that so yet. So there are very famous master distillers and master blenders who, including like Charlie Nelson and, you know, who describe me uh, as kind of the the puppeteer. Mary Marionette. Right, you know, holding all the strings to these puppets and, Behind all these brands, kind of like what you said, so it's it's just a it's an interesting thing because the people in the industry think some of that too. Um, it's not true, right? A brand has its own identity. A brand is made up of people. All I do is supply the liquid. I may give them comments and things like that. Um, Hank Ingram, who, you <laughs> they know, call who, you the puppet master, right? I was looking at right. they
0: said they're, they're showing. Charlie right. Nelson, the, I turned the video off, but it was the guy was doing the thing like he's right. the puppet master.
1: So Hank Ingram, right, yes. who's got Ingram whiskey here in town. Hank describes me as a silent but deadly fart, right in the video, right. That's his. He's just like and you're like thanks. I was like, well, eh, it was funny. I left it in, right. So, <laughs> uh, but because uh, uh, we help Hank get all his barrels, right. Nobody knows. Hank doesn't care, you know. He he also makes his own. But how does Hank, or or anybody like you described, how do you get fifteen year old or six year old in a bottle and on a shelf if you only opened the distillery four years ago?
0: Yeah, right? that's what. How do you do it? You can't. Yeah, that, you. That's where we come in. So why? How long have you been doing this?
1: Uh six years maybe seven years eight years something like that
0: so six seven eight years right you've got all these barrels you're doing all this stuff why now are you doing videos why now are you doing these videos you've kind of been able to be behind the scenes and now i mean why the brindyama group getting it out there putting your name out there and really marketing you to some degree why why are you doing that now
1: that's a really good question uh for for lots of years we laid in the background wanting to be hidden um everything it was word of mouth and recently i've just seen lots of other videos or people coming out with things on linkedin and other places about the industry and let us supply you with barrels or how much you can make off your investment and all these kinds of things. And I was like, well, that's not real. That's they're They're not telling you the whole story. They're not telling you the truth. And I said, look, I need to be the lightning rod so that people can reach out anytime they want and ask me a question and get the truth and they've got to know i want them to know that it's coming from the guy who has credibility yeah right not not some ex-banker that's out there trying to you know get a fee for selling a barrel and and because there's lots of smoke and mirrors out there and lots of shady characters
0: um what would a shady character do well, how would you, take, I have no idea take, even how to I be mean, shady in your industry.
1: Well, look, you could go online, fill out a form, buy a barrel, send them money, and never get the barrel, right? But there's, there's so much more to it, like. I see
0: somewhere that somebody tried to sell a barrel that was actually rum. Yeah, that's that happened. They passed it off as bourbon. They were trying to sell it, but you guys had it.
1: We had, basically, we did DNA testing. DNA on
0: testing it. on the barrel and yeah. found out that it was rum. And yeah, it
1: didn't, something didn't feel right about the codes they gave us on it but it tasted good tasted great but we figured it out um but you know there's things that in this industry that people don't understand like you store the barrels in a warehouse let's say brandon let's say you own 10 barrels in your own name you store them in a rickhouse tornado comes by wipes them out you have supposedly insurance with the distillery the reality is that you don't have a license, so you can't take delivery of the liquid. So an insurance company is going to say, well, I'm not going to pay you. You don't, You shouldn't own this in the first place, huh. right? So there, there's just nuances in this space that they don't tell you. Um, and, you know, the rates of return, how long you have to hold it. I think anybody can get bourbon and whiskey from a shitty place, right? But we only deal with the top tier, right? The highest quality, the ones we know we can get consistent rates of return, you know, and things like that. And so, you know, there's just lots of, if you Googled uh, invest in whiskey or, you know, buy a barrel of bourbon or this, you know, there's all these things that come up. And I just thought it was time to get something out there, get it circulating. It's part of, I think, a 10-part series of, you know, look, here's the industry. Here's who we are. Here's what we do. Let me help you if you need it. And that's, that's why we do it.
0: I think that's amazing. I think that's awesome that you're doing that. And I think it's, you know, when you go when you go to Napa— I think I've told this story before, but like when you go to wine country, it's a special experience. It's an immersive experience, right? Cause right. you're on Silverado trail and you're at Stag's leap. I'm like that's the Faye vineyard. And then you're like, Holy shit, this is amazing. And you're trying these specialty wines that this is only available in the tasting room and you can get this and this and this. And it's super cool. You get it's, it's intoxicating right. L- quite literally and figuratively. It's romantic. Mm-hmm. And I was in, I don't know the name of the city, is right outside of Barnstown. We're outside of Louisville and outside of Lexington and uh, like 10 minutes from Buffalo Trace. Right. And it's Lewisburg, is that a part of yeah. the area? Lewisburg. L- Lewis, Lewisburg. Lewisburg. Okay, then that's where we were. It was at a wedding. My brother in law was getting married. And um, before the wedding, like he busted out a 21 year pappy and this other, that's for the groomsman to drink, I didn't know anything about it. Right. That night at the reception, everybody started busting out these bottles of bourbon and i was like what the fuck is this like where where is all this stuff and it was like this is a rowan's creek that was made by the guy that had there's only one barrel is an orphan barrel that we he made and he gave to his friends kind of like this is the this is a hot mayor bottle and this is a 12 year old that nobody else has we got an auction and everybody was opening the stuff and i kind of went Wow, there's a culture around so this. There's a real culture. And this around is it. a long time ago. I mean, this was 15 years ago. I, mean, I don't know, maybe 10, 12, 15. I don't know. Right when Angels Envy first started yeah, sure. coming out, and because um, he was a, he worked for Angels Envy, and so he, Angels Envy like sponsored the wedding, and it was all the Angels Envy. Anyway, it's a good time. But I kind of that was my eye-opening moment to go, oh, the wine world is kind of like the bourbon. There's a whole culture around this, and I'm two and a half hours away from it in Nashville. And then I started digging in and I went, Oh, this is really cool. That's when I got into bourbon and I can see where there's a lot of people that have kind of done the same thing. And then when you have that much attraction to it, there's going to be people that do things that are unscrupulous. What you're saying is, Hey, look, we're seeing a lot of that out there. What we do is we're, we're the OGs. We're doing this thing the right way. And we're, we're, we want to help people not, get caught up in some of the bullshit that's out there so we're putting these videos out and raising our hands if you need any help you have any questions call us yeah
1: just call us we we're not we're not hard pressed to sell you anything right we, we're we fine yeah. you don't have to buy anything from me I, I, honestly it's fine if you, you can do the right thing and that's help right.
0: somebody then that's you're right. in for doing that
1: that's right and you know uh the video's Certainly have worked. We've gotten calls. I'll jump up to Lexington next week and meet with some people that want to do it. And I said, well, who are you talking to? Are you talking to this, 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 and this? And they go, well, yeah, how'd you know? I said, well, because here's the deal. They all buy from me. So you're paying a double fee, right? So Skip the middleman. Well, it's not skip the middleman. It's just the middleman didn't tell them. So they went out and searched for it and found it themselves. And that's like, you should say, hey, I'm buying this from so and so, or I'm, you know, I've got two markups on it, or you know, you just just tell them they're still going to buy it, but just tell them. Are most of your clients distilleries? Most of my clients are brand owners because a brand owner is not the same as a distillery. So they can brand distilleries can be brand owners, but like uh, Blue Run, which is a beautiful bottle, really crazy hot right now it's got a butterfly on it they may buy bulk from us but they're made at bardstown bourbon company owned by somebody completely different the brad paisley right yeah that's a brand made at bardstown bourbon company
0: so he's buying georgia and and i love how it says a blend of straight bourbon whiskeys from georgia and right uh kentucky so he's buying that he's not distilling anything Correct. himself
1: He all he's doing is Adrian. we're setting a blend Those were already aged barrels. Okay. So they were already over four years old. Okay. So what we're doing is basically the chef in the kitchen mixing to get something he likes to drink at the right proof, and then we bottle it.
0: Okay, so you're taking (laughs) – you have to walk me through this like I'm a a child because I am. So when you're making this right here, this is called American Highway Reserve. It's beautiful. This is Route 2. This is beautiful bottle. It goes in barrels that travel the country with Brad Paisley on tour. This stuff does. But you- Aged
1: barrels that we might own roll into the truck and go on tour with Brad Paisley. Okay. They could be different mash bills, different ages, a whole bunch of different things that we think will make a good final product. Goes on the truck in ages. Okay, comes back, we unload it, taste it all, and sit like a chef in a kitchen, mixing 10% of this barrel, 20% of this, this, and this, until okay, so we get something that we think hits it out of the park.
0: So you're literally taking different bourbons. Are they all the same recipe? No. So you do different recipes, different bourbons, different barrels, and you pull them out and you go, I like bought barrel three, nine, and 15 Blended together in thirty-three percent this, fifty percent this, Correct. and twelve percent this, and I'm going to make that and now. Into- make
1: and now make twenty thousand cases of that. <clears throat> so that's <sighs> that's the way it works. But like, I can take twenty-one percent bourbon and add a small amount of thirty-six percent, twenty-one percent rye. Add a small amount of thirty-six and heighten the caramel flavor. Right? I mean, so there are things you can do within the product that we already know uh, to move things around.
0: And so each route, so to speak, is going to be different. Correct. Because in route two, we made this blend from all of these wines, these birds that, that were traveled
1: on this traveled tour. On this tour. That tour may not be around next year, right? We and may then, be in a, and
0: another the, pandemic version 3.0 or whatever. the
1: climate is different where it travels and everything. So, yeah, totally different.
0: Wow. See, that, that's the really, that's the cool stuff. That's, that's one of the reasons I wanted you here because I'm like, you don't get that story from anybody else.
1: It's the way it works. So you, you, we can certainly use technology to get us to make consistent blends. But we like the individuality. And so do others. There's lots of them out there, right? That that like the individuality of it not being consistent.
0: How do you make consistent bourbon year in, year out? Like maker's mark, right? Maker's mark or Jack Daniels. It tastes exactly the same year in, year out. How do they do that? Well,
1: they've been it's, doing it for a hundred years. It's the right? same recipe. So, so they have using. the same formula, the same yeast, the same recipes. They know how their rick houses work. And in the end, you're hooked up to like a gas chromatograph, and you're testing things, and you're looking for certain. You're you're looking for things to keep things in balance.
0: So it's right. technology that's identifying if it tastes the same.
1: it, it is now. It is it Didn't is it now. Used to be in the past it, it wasn't. I mean, you can do organolyptic testing today and take pick up butters and certain things, but you know, um, today a lot is done with technology. So.
0: What's your take on Pappy Van Winkle? Because <laughs> that's the Holy Grail, as far it's as not the Holy Grail. Well, that's, that's what, what people it, tell me. We, I know, you know but
1: it's not that, It's not the Holy Grail. When
0: I say I have a bourbon list at Maribola, I've got fifty bottles on it. Most of them are allocated. I've been collecting them for years, and it's really impressive. And they go, "Do you have Pappy?" Okay, and I go, so, "Yes, I have Pappy." And they go, "Oh, I got to come drink it." And I'm like, "But why is that the one? Because it's is it the same as Weller?" Is it the same? I hear all well, these can't, rumors. I can't, Do you know? I can't,
1: I can't go through all the secrets, right, because of NDAs that we have. But I will tell you. So I'm doing a bourbon tasting in July um, up in Gallatin for 50 people. Okay. And I'm pouring five bourbons. Six. Six bourbons. Um, I can't tell you which ones they are because if they listen to your show, it'll spoil it. But um, they're good. They're good. And some of them them may have been brands we mentioned, right? But I guarantee you, and we're doing it blind.
0: Okay. Which I think is the only way to do it.
1: Totally the only way. And I'm walking them all the way through it, right? Things from 98 proof to 140 proof. I mean, just all the way through. Stuff, unicorns, stuff that you can't even get from air bowls, right? Crazy stuff. Uh, We'll probably pour... Thirty or forty grand worth of bourbon for those fifty people. That's quite the ticket. It's quite the ticket. Um, they, at the end, I'll ask people to vote and pick. I will bet you a hundred dollars that they pick the cheapest one. Really? Without uh, they are going to pick one that is twenty four ninety nine a bottle. I know it already. Because do I've, I've done the, why? this. I've done this enough times already that you just know people's tastes. People buy with their eyes, right? So, but in a blind taste, you can't do that. Correct. That's why they. I know they're going to pick the twenty four ninety nine one. So you look at the pappy bottle and you go, "Oh my god, it's hard to get. It's this and this. I got to. I got to try it. I'm going to pay, you know, crazy money for a shot of pappy." You know, me, I'll drink Woodford Reserve and a Diet Coke, and it's just as good. So I just, what I what I try to tell people is to let your tongue and your taste buds determine what you like, not the package. And if you do that, and the purpose of this tasting, not really, the, the purpose is I'm, I have a place up in Gallatin, and I don't really know anybody. And so I figured this was a great way to doing it at some golf place. Right. And it's a way for me to meet people.
0: Yeah, sure. um, So. We're going to take another short break to hear a few words from our sponsors. Jeffrey Ezell and his brother Clay were amazing guests on the show. And I loved talking to them about their business, the compost company. What they do is they take the number one causer of greenhouse gases in landfills, which is your food waste. Food waste in general gets put in landfills and it creates methane and that is greenhouse gases. And what they do is they take your food waste and they come pick it up from your restaurant and they take it to their farm, they compost it, and they create organic soil. They take this organic soil, they sell it to Whole Foods, which then sells it to you. They sell it to local landscapers and local farmers. So it's really kind of completing the full circle, and they want to come pick up your food waste. It's also an amazing thing. We've started at the Greenhouse Grill, and all the servers are like, this is so cool. They love the fact that we're doing it, and I love the fact that we're doing it. Every little bit absolutely helps. You need to call Jeffrey Ezel today. His number is 615-866-8152, and he is ready to set you up. Give him a call and at least learn or visit him at compostcompany.com com. Hey guys, we are also talking about super source. This is one of those line items on your PL that I think most managers miss. And that is your dish machine and chemicals. And there's so much money that gets wasted there on a month to month basis. I'll never forget when Jason Ellis came into our restaurant, he goes, you're using five times the degreaser you're supposed to. And I said, well, how much are they supposed to? And he said, with this one, it's a concentrate. You mix one cup to five gallons and that's it. And the guy goes, well, I just I use five times that because it gets it done better. And he goes, no, no, no. We did a whole classroom where we taught him that there are actual chemicals that you mix. And you more chemical does not mean it works better. Not a higher concentrate. That's not what it's there for. So there's some really interesting, fun stuff that he can teach you. All you got to do is give him a call and have him come in and, and do an audit. Let him see what you're currently using. Let him see if he can save you money. Let him see if... If you're using five times too much degreaser, give him a call. His number is 770-337-1143, and he will, come, he will come out and check it out. He will do that for you. He's hiring. He's growing. I love working with him. He's one of those people that every time I have chefs come in here in this studio and they see my super source setup, they go, oh, dude, I love that guy. He's the best. And that just makes my heart smile. So you guys can have a dish machine and chemical guy that you feel that way about as well. You just got to give him a call. Jason Ellis with Super Source. Hey, guys. I also want to talk about our title sponsor, Gordon Food Service. I'm so excited to be working with Gordon Food Service in this manner because they have been absolutely amazing to me. If you're unhappy with who you're using for your broadliner, call Paul Hunter. Paul Hunter is going to be their new business development manager. His number is 615-945-6753, and he will get you set up. He'll come in and talk to you. Just learn about what you might need. These guys are amazing. They've been doing it for a long time. They're not a public company. They're privately owned, so they can get in there, and they're nimble. They can move around. They can get the things that you need. Uh, I'm hearing lots of amazing things about Gordon Food Service right now. You guys need to give Paul Hunter a call, 615-945-6753.
1: People buy with their eyes. You walk in the liquor store, you look for what's the coolest label. Oh, I like that. Or what can't I find? Or what's in the glass case that you have to well, get That's the why key I have for. a full
0: allocated list right now. It's called my top shelf, and I've got to sell it by the ounce, and I've got the, all these, you know. Look, it's, you know rare things that people like, oh I can't find that in the store, I gotta buy it here. Like, yeah. That's I, good. That's I what want you want. People to you, have that. So that's
1: right. But I will tell you that it's uh I think it's bullshit. Um you know I get samples of my bourbon that's fifteen years old in a plastic gallon jug. <laughs> right? That's the youngest Pappy. Um tastes kind of soapy. So I, I don't really enjoy it. You know. it's um, interesting. But other people do. And that's that's all that matters. I, I got nothing against Pappy. Yeah. Right? I've got nothing against PT, B- Buffalo Trace, Sazerac. Great company, great people. You know, wonderful, wonderful product. Um, I just like going through the blind format to be able to help people understand. Um, just because it says what it is doesn't make it
0: good. Well, it just also tells you how much marketing goes into this. How, I was having the conversation is about marketing and how important it is. It, that's it. I mean, yeah, brands. Well,
1: no, look, I mean, at 23, 25 years old, there's probably two cases left in a barrel, right? So the fact that it is, it is scarce. Yeah. Right. So if you come across it, scarcity creates value. Doesn't make it taste good,
0: but it creates value. Sometimes it does, though. Not scarcity doesn't make it taste good, but 21 years in a barrel, every summer, every winter, it going into the wood, out of the wood, into the wood, does it mellow it? Like, what does that do? That's just what, that's my logic speaking. That I would assume that since you lost 80% of the barrel in that 21 years, that that juice got to be worth something so i
1: guess well the juice is worth something but does it does it physically change the product i mean eventually that extraction in and out right can't go any deeper into the wood
0: well you're 43 year old scotch can't go any deeper into the wood is it will it drink differently than it did 20 years ago a 23 year old versus a 43 year old
1: I don't think so. Or
0: some of it, the fact that I, it's a forty-three year old, right. and I can say it's a 43. It's forty-three on the label. Because most of the time with these bourbon deals, it's 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 kind of a big dick contest. It it's uh. In all intents,
1: I'm not saying that that's something you do, but I mean, it's it is. There's a lot of ego in it. Okay. Um. And it, and it is, as you say, you know, who's got the biggest one. Um. But but there's a point when doesn't matter the liquid can't get any further into the wood or there's no more extraction you can pull out of it right is that at X year or X year depends on where it is in the rick house what the temperatures have been and stuff like that but there is a declining return right
0: and so do you know what that point is is, is there a point in there it?
1: is but I'm not going to tell you what it is. But yes, I Why not? Why can't because you? it's That's a number. I know, but other people are going to know. And, and then somebody, one of my clients is going to chew me out because they're selling product older than that.
0: So the, 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 what you say right now is not going to change the market. I promise
1: it won't change the market, <laughs> but it could change that somebody <laughs> finds out and hears about it and calls me. So I have to be careful. All right. I'll so, bear. I'm just
0: curious for myself. I understand <laughs> I won't tell that. Anybody. I
1: understand that. But I think that, um, you know, I think that the best bourbon is in that six to seven year old for for casually
0: qual- dr- casually drinking quality. It's good
1: and, and 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 you know that's that's where I like to see it. Uh, rye generally a little older um, because rye is spicier, um, so I like to see that have a little bit more age on it. But that's where I would drink it doesn't mean there's not great four-year-old or two-year-old out there. It just means, you know, that's where I kind of think the sweet spot is.
0: Six to seven? Yeah. Interesting. What's the biggest misconception about bourbon? That the
1: older it is, the better
0: it tastes. Okay, well, there it is. So I was, I was anticipating that being the answer because we just talked about it, but I didn't know if there was something else.
1: Uh, I think, and I think... People think bourbon only comes from Kentucky, but that's not true. 95% of bourbon comes from Kentucky, but bourbon can be made anywhere.
0: Cuz it's right. just it just has to be those the TTV, grain correct. the recipe one of those five recipes 51% corn or above and new american, new american, oak, charred. american oak barrel. Just distilled
1: charred, right? chart distilled between you know it's basically in the barrel at 120. Yeah. Roof. That's it. So you can make it anywhere.
0: And that's the barrel that gives it the color.
1: Yeah, most of the color extraction happens in the first six months. Hmm.
0: Now, I used to buy Buffalo Trace sells White Dog, mm-hmm. and I used to buy like these little barrels, mm-hmm. and I made because my dad had an office in Bellevue, and I made I had a little. little tiny, I, I know, know what it is. Yeah, I, I made Bellevue bourbon, yeah. and I filled it with White Dog, and like in like six months, it was ready. So apparently, smaller, it ages like
1: smaller barrels work better because you get more contact uh of the liquid to the wood so the more contact you make the faster faster it moves
0: so if i was out there and i wanted to make my own so i do i i call (laughs) it i i I took i did this a long time ago this was when i was with u.s food so it was like seven or eight years ago i've had two of these barrels called it bellevue bourbon Mm -hmm. and i was a traveling salesman right so i'm all around the city and i put them in my trunk So these tiny barrels in my trunk, and I had them stationary. So as I drove around all the time through the summer, I did six months in the barrels, and half it was gone when it was done. But it was really good. Yeah, It it, It was a really nice bourbon. Yeah, it's,
1: look, doesn't surprise me.
0: And it ages, I think it's 10 to 12 times faster. So if you do six months, and I'm sloshing all around the whole time, six months would be six years. you're
1: getting more coverage of the liquid is using more of the wood. Right. So when we fill a barrel, a regular wine barrel is 53 gallons. Yeah. But we fill it 63.6 proof gallons because we're filling it at more than 100% proof. So there's actually more in it. So when you start taking it out, right, that head space, 10%, 4%, 4%, becomes more. And because it sits in a traditional rickhouse. that space goes dry and never gets used again. Yeah. But if you're rolling it,
0: Constantly being it's used. touching it.
1: So oh. you're picking up, you know, huge 14% of a barrel. It's huge. Oh, interesting.
0: Wow. Okay. I feel like I've had like a master class here in what you do. I'm more than so happy fascinating to have man.
1: do master classes any day. This so. is so cool.
0: What do you what are you doing now? Personal life, like what is your what do you do for fun? How are your kids? How's the family? Like what's going on with you?
1: Uh, everybody's good, you know. Ashley, who you may remember, um, married, lives in Tucson. I have three great grandchildren, three grandchildren. I was like three great grandchildren, like holy cow, three grandchildren. Uh, and her husband's an F sixteen fighter pilot for oh, the Air Force. That's awesome. So, and they've just have moved. you got
0: to go up in a plane with him.
1: Uh, I can show you videos. Uh, I've gone up and refueled him uh, over the Mediterranean, <laughs> so in a tanker, what? literally laying down in the back of the tanker doing the controls.
0: It just uh, got. We went last night uh, to see. see. We just saw a Top Gun.
1: So David, my son-in-law, is a course B instructor in Tucson now. He was he was stationed in South Korea and Italy before that. So he's been, you know, they've been all over.
0: He's a badass.
1: He's the guy that chases you.
0: He's the guy that chases you.
1: So, so it's fun. It's fun for him. Uh, and he loves it. Um, but they're in Tucson now, actually coming in for July 4th. And then my other daughter, Brittany lives here in Nashville and she's a realtor for parks. Um, and doing that, and Denise and I are just, you know, uh, uh, enjoying things, enjoying, you know participating in different things you know nashville christmas police charity and all these wonderful things and running you know great business and uh playing some golf disappearing on weekends things like
0: that it sounds like a charmed life
1: it's blessed we got very lucky so it's awesome you know, again God, for anybody karma really works so do do good things i I didn't believe it in a past life but in in reality uh just do good things just do them
0: put good energy don't don't
1: don't expect anything back you just do it
0: life's good i love it jeff what's your uh what's a book if i was to ask you a book that changed your life or a book that you would recommend anybody out there reading if it's a book on bourbon or if it's just a book about life, what's a? Give me a good book. I'm looking for book recommendations.
1: <laughs> uh, Howard Bihar wrote a book, "Pour Your Heart Out," which is Howard was the president of Starbucks. Okay, and he uh, he talks about how important. I think it was how you "Pour Your Heart Out." So, Howard Schultz wrote one, Howard Bihar wrote one. They're, they were both, you know, there. But Howard Bihar's one is really about um, how to treat people and, you know, be respectful and things like that. And so I think it's a really uh, very, very insightful. And I know Howard, and he's just a, a tremendously great person. And then there was one, not like a self-help, but I just read, like, what's his last name? I think Trot. And it's about the personal protection business and how it operates and and it's crazy. I can't tell you where these guys, uh, I mean, I, I can tell you Read the off book. air, but yeah. he'll tell you in the book where he worked. Uh, and Holy the cow. stories <laughs> and the pictures are crazy. And I never knew uh, these things about how they do personal protection. And, and, and uh, of course, you want to start a bourbon brand. But, you know, <laughs> so that's how they got to me. But uh, very cool book.
0: I love it. Um, you heard me say a minute ago as you walked in at the end of Mikey and Brian's interview, um, Gordon Food Service sponsors my final thought. And I like to give our guests the opportunity to take us out with whatever whatever they want to say. I feel like you've said a lot of this today, but surmise the conversation. Whatever you want to say, you're talking to people out there in the Nashville restaurant world or whoever. Final thoughts uh, presented by Gordon Food Service.
1: You know, I think uh, I just would reiterate stuff that we already talked about and say, look, trust karma. Put it out there. Do good things. Don't expect anything to happen, and life will be good.
0: I love it. Jeff Hotmayer. thank you so much for joining us today. Did I miss anything?
1: No. Well, I'm sure, but then I wouldn't come back. So now I get to come back. Now you get to come back. (laughs) I love it.
0: Thank you so much for joining us here, and uh, we will stay in touch. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, buddy. Big thank you again to Jeffrey Hotmayer from the Brindiamo Group. What a fun interview that was. I always love catching up with him, and he's just such a generous guy, and um, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed that. Let me know what you think of that. Find the post where we posted about this, and tell me, did it suck? Did you enjoy it? Did you find it as interesting as I did? Hopefully uh, you did. Next week, we're very excited to bring you the guys from Bad Luck Burger Club. They're going to be on the show next week. This episode will be out on Friday. Uh, so they're they're coming in tomorrow, and then I'm going to put this episode out Friday. So big, fun things. Hope you guys are planning your 4th of July plans because it's coming up. Big 4th of July downtown at the Riverfront Park. You've got Old Dominion headlining uh, Let Freedom Sing is what it's called this year. Let Freedom Sing downtown on Riverfront Park. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you're staying safe. And uh, we will see you this Friday for Bad Luck Burger Club. Love you guys.